Hey, Trinity, I'm so excited that you're with us today. And if you're a guest, would you take a moment and fill out the online connection card? Uh, let us know you're joining us. We want to send you a free gift to say thanks. Now, we mention this every week, but we're not going to take advantage of that information. We simply just want to say thank you for joining us. And our prayer is that your first time, it won't be your last time. Now, before we dive into the message, I want to give you just a quick heads up so you can be paying close attention to our social media pages and also watch for an email from me. Um, but we're going to update you this week on our plan to regather as a church in our physical location. We're planning, we're praying, we're seeking counsel from other local leaders. And, and listen, we're not going to be the first church to regather, and that's okay. Um, but our heart and our desire is that we make sure that we do it the right way for your safety and also for the safety of our community. And as you can imagine, I'm excited to share our plans with you. So pay attention uh, and thank you for praying as we navigate this season. Now today, we're going to honor our seniors who have recently graduated from high school. You know, nobody could have imagined that their senior years would have looked like the way that they ended up. And I'm so proud of them and their accomplishments and the way they finished out this crazy school year. Seniors, we love you, way to go. And we do believe that God has incredible things in store for you. And as we honor our seniors and to kick off our summer at Trinity, I've asked our family pastor, uh, Julie Spear, to bring the first message in this series. Trinity, we are so blessed with great leaders on our staff, and I'm so thankful to do ministry with these very gifted people. And so today, come on, I want you to open up your heart, and I know this message is going to speak to you. So show some appreciation to our family pastor, Pastor Julie Spear. Well, hey there, Trinity. I'm Pastor Julie. I am so excited to share the message that God has laid on my heart this morning. But first, I have the honor of celebrating our graduating seniors of 2020. We have four amazing young women graduating this year. They were all involved actively in the youth group. They were great students and young women of character. So let me introduce you to them right now. First, we have Hannah Dishish. She's the only girl in her family, but that hasn't stopped her from keeping up with her older brothers. Hannah attended Mountain View High School where she maintained a 4.0 GPA and was a starter on the volleyball team for all four years. This year, her team won the Mesa region and she was named to the all region first team. She was also named the most outstanding girl scholar athlete of the year from Mountain View. At Mountain View, she has been involved with Rooted Bible Study Club, National Honor Society and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Hannah loves to hang out with her friends and have movie marathons with them. She loves baseball, especially the Dodgers, and she loves chocolate. Hannah plans on attending Dort University, a Christian college in Iowa, where she has received a volleyball scholarship and an academic scholarship. She plans on majoring in engineering. Hannah has been attending Trinity Church since kindergarten. She went on three mission trips to Mexico and to the Dominican Republic. She is on the student leadership team for the youth group. Next is Evelyn Oliver, who is a new graduate of Gilbert Christian High School. During high school, she enjoyed the sports of cheerleading and tennis. She performed in two drama productions and was active on the prayer team. Outside of school, she enjoyed ice skating and tap dancing lessons. At Trinity Church, she volunteered faithfully each week on the leadership team for youth group and also in the fours and fives classroom. Evelyn is passionate about serving children and being a missionary. She has been blessed to serve on seven different mission trips to Guatemala, Ecuador, the Dominican Republic, and Mexico. Evelyn has enrolled at BGU, Bethany Global University in Bloomington, Minnesota. She plans a double major in Bible and education with a minor in intercultural ministry. Evelyn is faithful in reading the scripture daily and praying. If you know Evelyn, she is kind and giving. 
We are all excited to see how God will use her to reach the children of the world with the love of Jesus. Bella was born in Colombia and came to the United States in 2009. She was born in a Christian home and has been attending Trinity Church since 2014. Bella has served at Trinity Church in the coffee shop, tech team, nursery, Feed My Starving Children events, the mission trip to Mexico, fall festival, VBS, and Kids Night Out events. Bella loves the beach, the ocean, nature, and enjoys painting. She is also an avid soccer player competing in numerous tournaments. Bella attended high school at Red Mountain High School. During her high school years, Bella participated in several clubs, such as Club Diversity, Biomed Club, the HOSA Club, Link Crew, and the Red Sea. Bella graduated with honors and Red Mountain recognized her for senior celebration of excellence on the following. A biomed four-year STEM pathway diploma, an advanced STEM diploma, excellence in biomedical innovation, top students academic award. Her GPA was 4.16. Out of almost 800 students graduating, Bella was 78th place for her academic excellence. Grand Canyon University awarded Bella the Merit Presidential Scholarship, where she will start pursuing her goal to be a surgeon. She will study biology with an emphasis in pre-med. Bella has always showed a loving and humble heart, loves her family and her little dog, Yogi, and enjoys being surrounded by friends. This is our little princess that every day makes us feel very proud of her. We are very thankful with God for the blessing of having her as a daughter. Crystal is one of the best humans on this planet, both charismatic and kind. Crystal's had a successful high school career. She completed both AP and honors classes and is college bound in the fall. Crystal enjoyed being a part of the orchestra playing the viola and was so fortunate to have Mr. Nichols as her teacher for a good portion. Crystal was vice president of the orchestra student council. She is incredibly helpful taking care of her brother when her mom had to work. She is a loyal and caring friend and loves playing video games. She was also very involved in the youth group, consistently inviting friends to join her. Crystal plans to attend Chandler Gilbert and from there, she will transfer to university to study English. Join me in praying over our graduates. Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful for these four young women. It is who you created them to be. We know that they couldn't celebrate maybe the way that they were hoping this year, God, but I pray right now today that they feel so honored and appreciated, God, and they are excited about their futures. God, I pray specifically that they would stay close to your heart. God, God that you would guide their path forward and lead their futures, Father. Uh, we love them. We're so proud of them. And God, we just commit them and their futures to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, graduation and promotion, it indicates transition and change. And I was thinking about it, and so often our reaction to change is fear and stress. But change can also be about possibility. It can be about opportunity. It's all about our perspective. And God has really been working with me this last year on choosing perspective, on choosing gratitude constantly. And so this morning, I'd like to share some thoughts with you on perspective and on gratitude. You know, trying to teach kids about perspective and gratitude can be really tricky, right? The other day, my kid came in and told me that his meatloaf looked like dog food. Well, I told him he could go live in the dog house if he wanted to keep talking that way. But seriously, my kids have complained about everything, including not being allowed to have popsicles for breakfast. You should hear my boys in the morning when I ask them to go brush their hair or brush their teeth. You would think I was asking them to go run 10 miles in the hot sun. Ugh, mom. One year at VBS, I had a kid come up to me and tell me, I think we need to take a break. Everyone's having too much fun. A college student wrote this letter to her parents a few years ago. Check it out. Dear mom and dad, I have so much to tell you because of the fire in my dorm set up by student riots. I experienced temporary lung damage and had to go to the hospital. 
While I was there, I fell in love with an orderly and we moved in together. I dropped out of school when I found out I was pregnant and he got fired because of his drinking. So we're moving to Alaska where we might get married after the birth of our baby, your loving daughter. P.S. None of this really happened, but I did flunk my chemistry class and wanted you to keep it in perspective. I thought this was ingenious, right? As a parent, if my kid starts out the conversation with flunking chemistry, we're about to have a conversation. But compared to running off to Alaska, it's suddenly not such a big deal. Now, I'm not advocating flunking classes, but hopefully you get my point from just a few silly examples. But I'd like to tell you about a time in my life when I really learned perspective. When both of my boys were little, they had serious medical issues. Owen had seizures and Maddox had just all sorts of digestive issues. He wouldn't eat, he couldn't go to the bathroom on his own. He just had constant uh, stomach pain and he's also had issues with his eyes. And so for years, we just had medical bills piling up. And Dave and I sat in waiting rooms, awaiting results of procedures and biopsies and surgeries. And I can remember driving by playgrounds and looking out at kids playing without a care in the world and just being filled with jealousy. I can remember standing around in a group of women and a new mom would walk up and everyone would ooh and awe over the baby and just say how beautiful she was. And you look over at the new mom and she's just beaming. And I didn't really have that opportunity with either of my boys because they were so sick. Maddox was so sick, he didn't leave our house for the first year of his life unless it was to go to a doctor's appointment. And so I'll be honest, there were days that I threw myself quite the amazing pity party. God, I, I serve you, I live for you. I don't understand why all of this is happening. And then I went on a mission trip to Honduras. And one day we were walking around and we were at a rural mountain village. We were just delivering food, but at one house we met this, we met this man and he told us that he was really struggling with headaches and he had to go out and work every day in the hot sun. And so he was really worried about being able to provide for his family. Now I happened to be standing next to the missionary and he leaned over and said, you know, we've given him Tylenol before and it's really helped him. But the problem is there's not a clinic close enough for him to access it. And even if there was, he can't afford it. So it seems like such a simple solution, but out here in this village, it's really not. Now we were just having an aside conversation, but I happened to have a huge container of 500 milligram Tylenol pills in my backpack. And I took it out and I gave it to the man and he started crying. I mean, he fell down on his knees and just wept at my feet. And I can remember feeling so overjoyed that something so simple was gonna help him so much. But I also remember feeling incredibly humbled and convicted because I get headaches all the time. And I took it pretty for granted that I could take medicine to help me feel better. And I also thought about my kids and I thought about them having their medical issues in the village where this man lived. And I had the realization that one, if not both of my boys could have died. And it was a moment of profound perspective. And what stemmed from that perspective was gratitude and a deeper faith. Thank you, Lord, that I have access to medicine, that I have access to amazing doctors. Thank you, Lord, that I have a relationship with you. And so you can guide me through this. You can give me hope no matter what. See, it's easy to always see all the problems, but maybe our focus should be on trying to find what we have to be thankful for in every situation. And so today I wanna challenge us to live in the faith zone, not the comfort zone, and to be full of gratitude. It's not just kids who are whiny. 
the hard truth that I'm asking us to face today is that we are all full of ingratitude sometimes and we have to be intentional to remedy that. You remember the story of the Israelites and they were trapped in slavery for years and years, enduring hardship. And God comes in and performs numerous miracles to set his people free. And as they step foot out into the wilderness, God asks them to go a certain direction. It's not the shortest or the most straightforward path to the promised land. It was more of a roundabout route, but that's because the shortest path went right through Philistine territory which was their enemy. And so God knew what he was doing. He was trying to protect his people. And you would think after all that God had done for them that the Israelites would say, hey, by the way, thank you, God, and we'll do whatever you say, but they don't. They start complaining and God provides answers and he provides food and he provides water and whatever God provides, they find something else to complain about. And too often people will say, well, it's my circumstances. If my circumstances were different, I wouldn't complain so much, but that's just not true. Complaining is a reflection of our heart. If our hearts aren't right, we will always find something to complain about. That leads me to my first truth for today. If you are looking for something to complain about, you will always find it. If you are looking for something to be grateful for, you will always find it. We can be just like the Israelites so quick to be negative, so quick to complain. We like our comfort zones. We don't tend to to react well to change. But the safe zones, our comfort zones, they rob us sometimes of our greatest moments and memories. So many people are so afraid of risk and change that they spend their entire lives back in Egypt, the land of not enough. A few of us were willing to take minor steps out of our comfort zone. And so we live in the desert, the wilderness, the land of just enough. But God wants more for us. He wants us to leave the wilderness, to enter the promised land, the land of more than enough. See, Moses had to lead, he had to endure through the Israelites, constantly looking back, bucking change, seeing the negative. But Moses had a moment in his own life where he had to overcome the opportunity to stay in the safe zone. He had left the luxuries of his childhood in Egypt and ran away to the wilderness where it wasn't as, as, as luxurious, but he had built a life for himself and it was a comfortable one. And then God appears to Moses in the burning bush and he says, hey, I wanna use you for amazing things. And Moses is like, yeah, no thanks. And they go back and forth a few times and finally Moses decides to surrender his obstacles, surrender his insecurities, to step away from his comfort zone. And the decision he made at the burning bush set the course for the next 40 years of his life story. We can't say the same and learn at the same time. If we wanna grow, we have to take steps of faith, steps away from what we know and into a dependence on God. Not just seeing all the negative, but embracing the opportunities, the what might be and what God might do. The Israelites, they struggled with with fear and with a lack of faith and with ingratitude over and over and over. And too often we are like the Israelites. And there's a story in the New Testament that I want to flip over to. And I'm going to reference some Anley Stanley materials and specifically speak about gratitude. And too often in this story, we are like the nine instead of the one who had perspective and chose to come back to say thank you to Jesus. Flip over to Luke. We're gonna be in chapter 17. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. 
They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So in ancient culture, if uh, people thought leprosy was contagious, so as soon as somebody had signs of the disease, they were cast out from the village. They had to live by themselves or with other lepers. And leprosy was a terrible disease. So you're struggling physically, emotionally, you're cut off from your family and friends. Spiritually, you can't gather with other believers to worship. Let's keep reading. When he saw them, Jesus, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. So back in the Old Testament, if somehow someone's leprosy had gone away, then the tradition was they had to go to the priest to, to kind of show themselves just as a safeguard before they went back into society. So Jesus is telling them, hey, go to the priest. There's just one problem. At this point, all they would have been showing the priests is that they still have leprosy. But Jesus is asking them to do something here that he asks us to do as well. He's asking them to trust him and to walk by faith. You think you know who I am? You call me Jesus and trust that I'm a miracle worker, then trust that I will keep my word and go in faith. And so they do, let's continue. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, as they took a step of faith, as they stepped out of their comfort zone, they were healed. They were healed. Let's keep going. This is where it gets interesting in terms of gratitude, ready? One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Jesus asked, we're not 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Now, if the one hadn't returned, I don't know that we would think as badly about the other nine, right? I'm sure they were just excited. They wanted to see their family and friends. But maybe if we're honest, we see a bit of ourselves in the nine. We take what God gives us and we don't slow down enough in our lives to consistently and genuinely give worship and give thanks back to God. Just like the lepers, you've been cleansed. We've been healed, transformed. Will you be like most in our society, like the nine who are too busy to say thank you? Or will you be different, live gratefully and return to say thank you to the God who gave you everything that matters? The other thing I think is interesting about this story is if we pretend just for a moment that we could interview the other nine, go and say, hey, aren't you thankful that Jesus healed you? I don't imagine their answers would be, and eh, whatever. I think they would say, oh yes, we're so thankful. Like we can't wait to tell our family and friends. We told the priest that it was Jesus who had healed us and changed our lives. We are so thankful. Yet Jesus is wondering, weren't there 10? Where are the other nine? This leads me to my first point about gratitude. Unexpressed gratitude communicates rejection. Let me tell you something. I don't really like cooking. I watch those people who are like, oh, it just needs a little bit of that and a little bit of that. And I am amazed. I'm stressed out when I'm cooking. I'm like, exactly what amount of what ingredient am I supposed to put in this bowl, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I like food. I just don't like having to be the one to make it. The other reason I don't like cooking is because it takes so much time. If you're gonna make a nice meal, you know, you're gonna chop vegetables and garlic and shred cheese, you're talking 30, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour of prep time. And then if your family is anything like my family, you sit down to the dinner table, 3.5 minutes later, those plates are clean and everyone's off again. So because I don't really like cooking that much, my wonderful husband started this tradition where we say thank you as soon as we sit down and dinner is on the table to whoever made dinner. 
It would be so easy to just eat and move on with life. And even if you asked my family, and they're like, oh yeah, I mean, we're thankful for food. Great job, mom. But without that moment where they actually express it, it's easy for me to feel overlooked and unappreciated. Unexpressed gratitude communicates rejection. Even though we can assume the other nine were thankful Jesus had healed them, Jesus is wondering, but where are they? Here's the one saying, thank you. Where are the others? Hear this. Jesus didn't feel any gratitude from them because they didn't actually make the time or the effort to express any. Second point about gratitude. Gratitude neutralizes your anger and your jealousy. Too often we, we talk like this, right? Well, she's my mom. She's supposed to take care of me. Why would I thank her? I pay him. He works for me. Why would I thank him? That's his role. He's supposed to provide for the family. Or we are so busy seeing what everybody else has that we don't have, that we live consumed with frustration and bitterness and negativity. Check out this quote from Craig Rochelle. Learning to be grateful to God puts us in a constant awareness of the source of all good things in our lives, always reminding us of our need, which God met through Christ. Rather than demanding that God serve our wishes, gratitude puts us in our rightful place, eternally indebted to the one who gave us life. When you dig up the roots of entitlement, gratitude will grow in the good soil of a fertile heart. Gratitude will change how you see your past, acknowledging God's sovereignty in all things. Gratitude positions you to experience God moment by moment in the present, depending on Him daily. Gratitude places you in a posture of worship, ready to give praise to God for every good thing that He will do in your future. Third point about gratitude, is that gratitude fuels generosity. Gratitude empowers gratitude, empowers generosity. But this is not our natural default mode. Only time with God will give us the constant perspective shift that we need. When we spend time with the Lord, the Holy Spirit cuts off negativity and complaining and replaces it with an eternal perspective. So it's not what's wrong with my life, but what do I have to be thankful for? It's not frustration, but purpose. Who can I help today? Let's be people who are solution-oriented and positive, always remembering what we have to be thankful for, even the little things, and who actually say thank you for those things. When we create a habit of gratitude in our lives, it will overflow from us and it will give glory to God and it will attract others to us. Gratitude opens the door to generosity and joy. Joy is not getting what you want. It's appreciating what you have. It's not changing your circumstances. It's changing your focus. Don't let what's wrong with your circumstances keep you from praising what's right about God. I like to close with a quote from John Maxwell that says this, sad is the day when a person becomes absolutely satisfied with the life he is living, the thoughts he is thinking, the deeds he is doing, when there forever ceases to beat at the door of his soul a desire to do something greater for God. Let's step out of the comfort zone, out of our comfort zones and into the faith zone. Let's be people who are 
so full of faith and gratitude. We don't wanna be like the nine lepers. We wanna be like the one. And we don't wanna be like the whiny, negative Israelites. We wanna be like Moses, trusting God and stepping forward into a great adventure of faith. Heavenly Father, God, that's our prayer. Help us to be like Moses, to step outside our comfort zones, God to be open to possibilities. You are bigger than we could ever imagine, God. So help us not to stay in our fear and in our worry and in our anxiety, God. Help us to look to you, to be willing to take steps of faith. God, to trust you. Father, we wanna have right perspective. We wanna be full of gratitude. We have so much to be thankful for. So God, help us to live that way and may it point to you. We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, what an incredible message. I, I love that thought, that gratitude is the doorway um, to joy. You know, if you hear God speaking to you today, let us know about it. Fill out the connection card. We wanna, we wanna send you some information to help you with your journey with Jesus. And if you're making a decision today, I mean, there's some clear next steps. And one of the next steps we wanna invite you into is the growth track. In fact, starting this Wednesday night, my wife and I will be leading the virtual growth track for the month of June. Um, so go on our website or go up the connection card, fill it out, let us know about it. And we're gonna send you the link, give you all the information where you can join us this Wednesday night for the growth track. And again, man, we're just so excited for all that God is doing in your heart and in your life. And as we sign off today, church, one more time, it's time for the offering. Aren't you excited for that? Yeah, we're gonna worship the Lord through the giving of your tithe and your offering. And thank you for your amazing giving and generosity, specifically during this season. We're able to do amazing things and amazing ministry because of your giving. And I just wanna say, way to go, keep it up. Uh, whether it's online or you're mailing it in, thank you for your amazing generosity. All right, let me pray for you as we sign off today. God, thank you again for these amazing people. Thank you for Trinity, our guests, our attenders. And thanks for all that you're doing in our church. And we do, we, today, God, we, we ask that you would fill us with faith and you fill us with boldness to live a life of gratitude. Thank you for speaking so clearly today through Pastor Julie. Now, I do pray that we'll have the best Sunday afternoon, the best week that we've ever had. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, I love you. Keep signing in. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you.